Welcome to CrewCast, the Crew Network podcast that features top thought leaders in commercial real estate, shares important industry insight, and inspires change. Welcome to CrewCast Business Series, which profiles Crew Network partners, allies, and difference makers in the commercial real estate industry. Today, I am delighted to be speaking with Mark Rose, Chair and CEO of Avis & Young. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Wendy. It's great to be here. Well, you know, let's start with what's on everyone's mind. You know, last year certainly changed our thinking and our business strategies. Certainly, some of us maybe threw out the strategic plan for the year we thought we were going to have. Based on your company's research and your from your leadership perspective, what trends do you think are impacting uh, commercial real estate or that have been impacting commercial real estate that are accelerating um, because of the pandemic? Wendy, you know, the first thing is we try to separate real estate from life, but you can't. And I would say that the the first change people had to understand patience, flexibility, empathy, um, and certainly a, a change management process had to occur, which quite frankly, I thought was the best the best part of 2020 in a year of struggles, um, we finally convinced people that you need to listen. You have to remember what's important. You clearly need to understand that one size does not fit all. Perfect example, when everybody was talking early on about going back to the office in the early stages. And it really wasn't about that. It was getting to the office and understanding that anxiety and caregiving and things of that sort trumped, um, you know, the concern about getting people back in the built environment. And so I, I just think that the, uh, you know, the acceleration of, of, change and i guess acceleration is the key word in here what we changed and the pace that we change at was incredible and necessary and quite frankly it not only addressed the pandemic but but probably a, a decade or so of change that we needed in the first place that you know we were tiptoeing into, you know, we, you know, you know, we were able to move along and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but certainly uh, a technology and data aggregation analysis and things of that sort are now at the forefront of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I almost hear it's kind of uh, what you're saying is that the change management process and the accelerated pace of that uh, was almost it was a silver lining, really, um, because it taught us a lot. And it also, um, I think, in, it infused the the idea of uh, adaptability, resilience and flexing in a very quick way. And it's both the physical piece as well as when I was listening to you talk, I was thinking it's not just about physically where we're at and working and how we're working, but it's also mindset, right? It's it's how you change your mindset as you're going through change. Yeah, there, there is, there is no doubt about it. And change, as you know, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult. And, you know, I, I, I've been interviewed, I've written, and it is so hard to say that there was a silver lining or is, since we're still in it, a silver lining when there is loss and pain. 
but from a pure business perspective, we really ramped up the change management process, including things that we're doing. You know, for example, Avis and Young is is quote unquote going back to the office on April 6, 2021, assuming there are no further outbreaks or lockdowns and obviously a subject to local rules. But in there, we're still going to redefine and reimagine the work week and the workplace because you know, this could be, you know, two to three days a week in the office, work from anywhere for a day or two or work from home a day or two. And that change and acceptance, especially as we saw that it works and the technology works and the connection works, you can do, you know, you really can operate as long as, again, hand over heart, we still need people back together again because human beings are meant are meant to be with each other, to collaborate. And quite frankly, the development of young people, it's critically important that we bring people back together. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I mean, the whole cultural piece of that is is crucial. So, you know, we I think many of us um, at, at our age were dipping our toes into this whole teleworking thing. And then all of a sudden the pandemic really forced the whole body plunge into. And I think there's been some real positive about it. But at the end of the day, I do think uh, culture within a company and just the collaboration and the um, uh, the connection you get with people really helps infuse and, and accelerate the innovation as well. So um, so let's go on. Let's talk about expansion. I read that Avis and Young recently expanded into Central Europe with plans for additional global expansion on the horizon. So what would you say are some of the opportunities as well as the challenges that you've learned from leading through global expansion and growing the company to more than 100 offices? Well, if we believe in diversity and inclusion, and we do, that is not just gender and or race, it's a geography and the cultures that exist throughout the world. And again, for a very, very long time at the core of what I was able to accomplish at previous organizations, and certainly with Avis and Young, a company can only build the umbrella set of a tenants and a belief system, you know, its purpose, um, honesty, integrity, diversity, inclusion. These are things that are the pillars and foundation of great companies, but then you have to let the subcultures of the world rise up to, you know, to their greatest extent and their fullest behaviors. And so what you're seeing is, for example, we're huge fans of both Central and Eastern Europe, where a robotic process automation and BPO uh, and great tech talent exists and is thriving in Eastern European countries. Now, you know, we've seen that in India, we've seen that in the Philippines, we've seen that around the world, but there is incredible talent. And, um, you know, it's both from a platform point of view, we do see when, when, you connect Germany uh, to the Eastern European uh, countries. You have a block of platform services that work well, but we're also getting a diversity of opinion and talent 
brought into our organization. And this is what we've done all throughout, starting starting in the U.S., excuse me, starting in Canada, moving into the U.S., then into Europe, and, and as we've moved into Asia as well, our Seoul, a Korea office, um, you know, is amazing and thriving and uh, you know you'll see us complete the expansion we still don't think we need to be in every single city the world has changed and technology and communication is such that through again data and visualization tech tools communication tools there's a new day ahead of us uh, but but you certainly do need to be in major markets and we care deeply about where top talent exists. Yeah, so that's a key key driver I'm hearing from you as I, as I'm thinking about it. Um, you were talking about the tech talent, but talent overall, and looking at places where talent is thriving. And it's so interesting um, to focus on the, the Central Eastern Europe market and that that influence. Does that then? How do you get that to permeate the entire company, or do they? You lead with the the thriving talent there on the tech side, and and thrive in other ways in other markets. Well, for example, we have moved, you know, aggressively into RPA, robotic process automation, and visiting our office in Bucharest, Romania, we were introduced to one of the leaders there. We spent time there in Bucharest, Romania. And so the connection between our office, our our top talent with their top talent, and as we said, we are now importing software bots uh, in every location we have around the world. So again, it's a matter of, uh, you know, if, you know, if in fact that there was a particular set of guidelines or implementation that you need in, in a certain country, that's fine. But we do see this world as being quite global and, um, you know, we're able to see the best and the brightest, and we will always advance ourselves. This is no different than one of our partners in France showed us some things that, you know, we saw, you know, with data aggregation and data analysis, again, visualization and machine learning, and that has been built into our overall innovation plans as well. So, yeah. You pull from the best. Yeah, that's great. And I, that that whole thing, we've talked about the war on talent for years and years, um, but you're actually living this um, this path that you're on is identifying and pushing forward. And, and that creates all the other opportunities around um, innovation and um, and probably the expansion as well. And, I, and you may have answered this in what you've already said, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. So how would you say that global expansion has changed your perspective personally as a commercial real estate leader and the way you do business? Well, you have to remember that I started in real estate by being a very young CEO, 26-year-old CEO for the British Coal Pension Funds, um, running a portfolio in the U.S. So most of my career, quite frankly, has been working with or for organizations that were outside of the U.S., and therefore I've had a pretty global view in the first place. Also at JLL as the chief, you know, chief operating officer and the CFO, um, you know, I was running both Canada and Mexico and South America. And so you, um, 
you know, you received inputs and you saw things that would change, you know, anyone's view. And listen, we are a proud Canadian company. Uh, I, I was born and, you know, I'm proud of, you know, of being a resident of the United States. Um, but there is great talent, extraordinary talent, and more importantly, a diversity of opinion to look at things a different way around the world. And when people embrace that not every best practice is made in a particular place, city, or country, I think you have a, a, a much better perspective on business because quite frankly, our clients around the world have different views and different opinions. And by just embracing a collaborative approach to the global customer, um, not only is it great for business, it is absolutely something that, um, you know, is educational and, uh, and, you know, and, and extraordinary to brighten, you know, to brighten and expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I, I'm sitting here nodding my head, um, thinking, you know, there's that, that, I'm a very curious person, and I think that curiosity has always driven me, which is why I, in our global expansion, I'm so eager to to hear from those we're working with in other countries to get crew network up and running there, because there is a richness um, to that learning, uh, learning the culture and experiencing um, their perspectives and hearing what's going on. So I think that those drivers of, of being a curious leader, as well as um, welcoming the richness that uh, other cultures bring to your knowledge is just an incredible kind of combination of things that continue to to move us forward into that more global perspective. Um, but I do th- I agree. I had forgotten that you already were a global uh, global outlook person from the very beginning of your career. So uh, you already had some of that under your belt. Yeah, I, yeah. I also just have to say it's a gift. I agree, Mark, one hundred percent. Well, let's talk about. Um, uh, switching gears here a little bit, um, you were interviewed in 2017 for our Crew Network case study research paper um, titled Diversity as a Business Advantage. And when asked about your board makeup um, in that interview, you gave it, um, and I quote, a whopping F in terms of gender equity and uh, diversity. Uh and I'm just curious, what would you say, can you give us some examples of strides that you feel like you've made as the leader of Avis and Young over the last three to four years to improve that feeling grade? And what grade would you give yourself now? You know, you know what? Our industry, no one in our industry can give themselves an A, so let's, let's just you I know, agree. get there. I agree, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, with that said, the re- I, I I would like to give us a relative A, um, but you know the overall score, you know you know the overall score can't be. You know, I told the story back then, and you know, you know, and I'll say it again. We had a board, you know, we had a board of directors at that time, which was extraordinary, and they were great people, and they got us to where we needed to be. And as you know, working with what you have, meaning we had merged. A provincial Canadian companies together in 2008, and we brought on private equity. And those are, you know, those were and are industries that tend to be dominated by white males. And although back in 2017, I would have given us in terms of management, quite frankly, a whopping A, because we have the most diverse 
management team in the industry by far. It's not even close. The board was eight was eight white men, and it and it took a young lady who hit a blind spot of mine and everyone else's, who you know said, "Hey, you know, you know, we're doing really really well with diversity in our company, but you know, look at your board and." It just doesn't work. And I, you know, I said, thank you to this young lady. And she said, dad, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Gotta love the kids, right? Yeah, that's a great story, Mark. Yeah. And, uh, and so from, you know, from there, we have made great strides. So right now, the board, 25% of the board are women. We have African American representation on the board. We have made the change. We are going to continue. Now, again, top talent is top talent. But there is no position, not at the board, executive, a committee, or any role in our company that is not viewed against what is the pool of diverse candidates. Have we interviewed them? All things being equal, we will you know, err on the side of the diverse candidate. But with that said, this is not anti-older white men. We want the best and the brightest. Um, but you do have to attack uh, this issue. And, you know, I've had this conversation with you and with crew. I, I, I don't think there's a ton of benefit with people at the end of their careers, spending time with them to, you know, you know, to make change because quite frankly, they were there, they worked hard. They're awesome people. They're top producers, all, you know, all of those things, but this industry needs to make a difference at at every level of diversity. And as I said, it's gender, it's color, it's lifestyle, it's religion. Um, and certain certainly managers in the kind of the 40 to 55 range, that is where we are attacking and we need to attack to make sure that the traditional let me hire somebody that kind of looks and sounds and acts like me that that is where all the work has you know has to go right now yeah yeah well i i want to just say clearly um to you and to our audience that i really truly salute your efforts um because your executive team is i i was reviewing the the website and it's it's amazing what you've accomplished in the last three to four years of really um making a difference in in that but also i have to say that um i appreciate the, the, the word that comes to mind is the your intentionality around the diverse candidates in your talent pool and, and candidates for positions. Um, so I, I see that you, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about now with DEI is not just um, talking the talk, but walking the walk, which means pulling the trigger on taking action. And you've really taken um, major action steps over the last several years. And you can see that um, within the organization and at the board level. So congratulations. And thank goodness your daughter was around to give you that guidance (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know sometimes it's yeah it's it's those closest to you that just going hey you know could i mention something here (laughs) um okay well let's go one more question i have for you what guidance or advice do you have for fellow ceos uh to make significant progress in creating a more diverse inclusive and equal industry well 
it is the uh, it's the sixty four thousand dollar question, right? I can tell you what we believe in, what we think needs to be done, and more importantly, I can promise because it's what we're you know you know it's what we're implementing. You do need to be intentional about this, and it's in, it's interesting. Some conversations, even with women, are well. I, I hope you're not setting up quotas. No, we're not setting up quotas. That 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 that's that's not the issue at all. And as a matter of fact, top talent needs to be fine. You know, absolutely needs to be defined as top talent. But you do need to be intentional about what you're trying to do. That means that you need to look to universities to recruit out of that are going to bring you a diverse workforce. Um, I do believe, by the way, uh, you know, right now at Avis and Young, our women ages 30 and under actually are slightly above uh, the salaries of men 30 and, you know, and under. And it didn't happen because we mandated that it should be 2% higher, 3% higher. It just happened that way. And it was awesome. And as we address the kind of ongoing inroads that we need to make. It starts at the top. There needs to be executive sponsorship. You need to make the change. You need to make sure, as we have done in the month of January of 2021, where we're actively going through and seeing, um, you know, the comp levels, you know, increases and things of that sort. What does this look like? group to group to group and making sure that again not to overuse the word but you're very intentional about the belief system that a diverse inclusive workforce is a better workforce and i I would come back to our training um, it's going to be spending time with the 40 to 55 year old manager because we're not expecting to wave a magic wand. There's education and there's patience necessary to say we're going to look in different places. We're going to act differently. And we have a responsibility to invest in our leaders and our managers to get them to see what we're seeing with here, which is the richness of having a global diversified workforce. That's great. I I love that answer and it's spot on. It's it's creating the awareness and embracing the belief system about a culturally diverse and um, or overall diverse workforce. It's the accountability at all levels. It's the intentionality. And you mentioned this last, but I will say this is probably one of the key things is about both the hiring and um, transition, but also about um, retaining uh, diversity within the company is the inclusion piece. So that training piece helps educate and um, and set the, the mindset differently. But it also um, it's also really important for ensuring that people feel included and be a sense of belonging. So um, I applaud you again, Mark. I, I've I'm just so um, uh, uh, amazed at what you've accomplished and what you set out to do. You said you were going to do it, and you've really demonstrated you walk walk the talk. So um, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for that wisdom for all CEOs out there, because it does start at the top. 
As we close, I'd just like to say that uh, uh, thank you to Avison Young and recognized you as being one of our Crew Network Silver Partners for the past six years. And, and your alignment with our brand and the actions that you've taken on DEI are very important statements to the industry that you and your company embrace diversity and support efforts to advance women, uh, people of color, um, people of different sexual orientations, all those diverse categories. And uh, we recognize that. And I'm deeply grateful uh, for your partnership in moving this forward within the industry. So thank you, Mark. Wendy, it is our absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving us this forum and all of the work that you do. Uh, And we're not done. There's so much more to go. Yeah, I hear you. I totally agree. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. 